Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So Louis was supposed to be hosting, but as we blew the whistle for the start of the show, Nathan slammed into his back and knocked him out. So I've stepped in. Welcome to Chart on Live. So good evening. Welcome to Chart on Live. It's Sunday the 14th of October. I'm your host for this evening, Tom Wallin, and joining me in the studio tonight to look back at yesterday's Solid 1-0 win over Doncaster. Uh, Nathan Muller. Nathan, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. You? Yeah, good, thank you. And uh, the grand old man of Charlton, I believe I'm supposed to call you, Terry. <laughs> the old bit. Apparently so. No, just, the grand would have done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, grand I, I've got to say, it's, it's an absolute honour. I'm in awe of, uh, of being in amongst the two premier Jonas of the women's football team. <laughs> yeah, well, they funded me the other night. It was a shame the result didn't go the way we wanted, but we, uh, we enjoyed ourselves, I think. Did you watch him today? Uh, we di- I didn't, no, no. No, I didn't. No, no, no one. Who would have thought? Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, well, I see what that means. <laughs> I see what's well, going on. Well, go again then. <laughs> yeah, a lesson uh, well learnt from us, I think. What did you think of yesterday? I think you're right. I think, uh, uh, I, would you say workmanlike? I'm not sure. But it was, uh, uh, we had to graft it. I don't think, I don't think we were ever in any real danger, strangely. Um, I think the only thing that, you, you know, as a game went on, you think if somebody makes a mistake or, you know, mm. if, if, uh, if we just lapse in concentration a bit, then maybe Doncaster can nick something. But, 
generally, I didn't think I didn't. I was never worried about it. Do you know what I mean? I'd, you know, obviously, when you don't score more than the, the one goal, and we should have done, obviously, but. Uh, you, you are a little bit on tenter. And funnily enough, you spoke about Louis. When he came up, he looked drained. Yeah, he was absolutely exhausted because he said he, he was so nervous. Yeah, I didn't quite get that. I wasn't. Actually. I have to say, no, I didn't feel particularly nervous yesterday. I felt it was uh, like I say. I, I described it as solid. I think that's the way I would have would have said. But uh, yeah, so coming up on tonight's show, we'll discuss the various events that kept us at the Valley way past five <laughs> o'clock yesterday. Uh, we'll hear from Carl Robinson post-match, read your tweets and emails. Um, and in the second half of the show, we've got a few topics. I had two in mind, but we seem to have more developing um, over the course of the day. Uh, a player in focus, first of all, is going to be Esri Konza, who uh, obviously broke into the side last season, played what almost 40 games. Um, hasn't really played much this season, but thanks to Jason Pierce's injury, has come in for a couple of games. So I'd like your thoughts on what you made of him so far. Um, and also your opinions on the most bizarre things you've seen at a Charlton game following the referee what, mauling yesterday. Um, anything strange or weird that's happened? I think Churam catching the ball is one of the ones we've had so far, which uh, <laughs> I enjoyed. But yeah, anything that's strange, preferably a Charlton game, but anything strange you've seen at football would be good. Um, you can tweet us at Charlton Live or you can email us studio at chartonlive.co.uk. Um, Terry's also just mentioned following Derby's win at Nottingham Forest today, um, dubbed the Brian Clough Derby. Um, Terry, do you just want to expand on your thoughts? Yeah, on this I would say I've shamelessly stolen this from uh, from another radio station. Uh, they uh, they call it the Brian Clough Trophy or the Brian Clough Shield. I think uh, that's, that's what Derby and Forest play for because of the connection between the two. It's a local derby, so they play for a particular uh, um, piece of silverware. So I want to know uh, what you would call that silverware if if we adopted one for either. Charlton Mill or Charlton Palace one. Is there maybe one for three as well? Must be somebody who's done all three. I don't know. Mm. Get, get your thoughts in, I guess. Mm. We'll have a think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I can't think one off the top of my head if I'm if I'm brutally honest. We'll, we'll say must be. There must be. There must be somewhere. Um. So before that, I think the best place to start is with the highlights yesterday. It was Greg with you yesterday. Tom? He was. Yeah. So it's the highlights <laughs> brought to uh, to you by Terry Smith. <laughs> and, oh, of course. Yeah. More from Greg later on, actually. Uh, from Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley. Shielding the ball and infield to Forstakowski again. Goes past his man. Still on it. Forstakowski, little touch to Holmes. Lovely ball out to the silver. The silver back into Holmes. Into the penalty area. Oh, and it needed the interception from Tommy Rowe to block Charlton's path into the penalty area and the six-yard box. And Charlton will have a throw. Quickly taken by the silver. Back to Fossu. Fossu, corner of the penalty area. Goes back to the silver. Crossing opportunity. Instead, cuts it back to Fossu again. Right foot. Takes a shot. Oh, yeah. oh what a goal! Oh, what a finish! Tariq Fossu with the minimal amount of backlift from the corner of the penalty area, rifled it into the right-hand corner of the net. And I think Ian Lawler was expecting it to go the other way and Charlton had the lead. Well, it came out of nothing, really. There's a man in form. There's a man with confidence, Tariq Fossu. On the left-hand side, gets a bit of space. He's allowed to kind onto his favourite right foot. Really, the box just goes for goal and the goalkeeper will probably be a bit disappointed he's been beaten on his near post. It's a great strike for Fossu, and Charlton have the lead. Everybody was fully expecting that shot to go into uh, the left-hand edge of the penalty box or the uh, the goal if it was on target. Instead, pretty much like the way he scored his uh, second goal at Fleetwood, completely went the opposite way to everybody, the way everybody was expecting. And fooled the keeper, probably fooled just about everybody else in the ground. But he's oh, given Charlton the lead on nine A little bit minutes. sloppy, and Doncaster have got it with Marquis. It goes to his right to May at the edge of the penalty. He'll go for goal, and it's off the bar. Ooh. A let off for Charlton, the first chance Doncaster have had. Onto 25 minutes. Rick Fossu 
with the free kick for Charlton. Right footed, steps over it, over the wall. It's, oh, it's oh, moved around oh, oh. and the keeper just powered it away in the end, comes out to Kashi. Kashi crossing opportunity perhaps. He whips it in, lovely ball in towards McGuinness. Oh. Straight out of Lawler in the end. McGuinness did well to rise above his centre half. Been a bit disappointed he didn't work Lawler into a more difficult save. Two chances out to Whiteman. Mason, should I say, towards the back post of Rowe with a header. I think it was going wide. Amos wasn't to know and just tipped it. Forward by De Silva and Congolo gets there, but De Silva will pick it up again for Charlton and embarks on a run. Oh, and he's yes. been two players here. He's got Ricky Holmes to his right, still with it. Jay De Silva finds Holmes in the penalty area. Ricky Holmes, good save by Lawler. Comes to Fosu. Fosu brought down surely. Hey. Referee, what's he given here? The referee. He's blown, isn't he? Went to blow his whistle. He blew the whistle and then he looked at the linesman and has now given a goal kick. What's going on? The referee's given a goal kick. Yeah, you're right, Terry. I, well, he blew the whistle, he looked like expecting he blew to the get whistle. the penalty. He's looking to and his then right. he looked across He's to the linesman. He's having a word now with the linesman. He went to blow the whistle. And now he's having a word with his linesman. The linesman isn't short. This is diabolical. Oh, he's now going to book. He's going to book for That's just a shocking decision. I know he's booking Tariq Fosu for diving. It, it certainly didn't look a dive from where I was at all. And there is the half-time whistle. And the referee is just about to blow for the second half. And we are underway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh McGuinness has oh, done it. I've seen it all now. He's just taken out the referee. That's quality. Uh, no, I shouldn't say that. Well, basically, the, the, the whistle happened, and the referee's <laughs> running backwards. Why is the referee running backwards? And McGuinness is just pulled into him, totally accidental. I'll tell you what, oh, I it's think going to be quite serious here. he's down. Josh McGuinness is not the smallest man on the pitch by any stretch. The referee's not exactly huge, and Josh McGuinness just taken out the referee just by the, cent uh, the uh, halfway line in the centre circle. Uh, he was running to close the ball down. The referee stepped backwards into his well, line a stretch, and just it? took him out completely. But uh, I suspect he'll get a slightly better reception than he did at half-time. Well, I know there's a few boos, but a few, uh, few rounds of applause as well. Well, they are human after all. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Gets under control inside to Billy Clark, who can run forward a little bit heavily touched, but he still has it. Billy Clark onto his left foot. Leaves it for Fossu. Fossu, a little step over on his left foot. He's got man on to his left who he uses. That's Holmes in the penalty. Ricky Holmes gets it across to his left foot. And it's uh, oh. tipped over by Lawless. Still in play. Billy Clark off the oh. line, off the bar. Comes to Ricky. Comes to Forskowski backwards. McGuinness. Still McGuinness. Cleared away. Clark oh. over the ball. How Charlton Evans scored, I'll never know. Good. Oh, he's still driving forward, taking on right. Approaching the penalty, a little step over onto his right foot. Tweak Fosso goes to goal, deflection! Saved oh. by Lawler, it looked like it might have caught him out momentarily. Did well to get back onto his left hand side and just parry it with his left Long hand. Into the box, looking for Marquis de Silva's in, uh, in close by, and that's the wrong choice. And it drops then to Rowe, whose scuff shot is comfortably taken by Ben Amos. Ten yards yeah. outside the, uh, the penalty area, and the referee's coming over here now. To talk. Ten minutes of added time. So he's got no uh, further options. McGuinness now drifting across to the Charlton right-hand side. Solly just taking his time with it. Going to chip the ball into that direction. And there is the final whistle. <laughs> Cheers, Greg. Thanks for that. So uh, there's the highlights from yesterday's game. Um, yeah, so as I said in my introduction, uh, a solid performance. Uh, we've heard a little bit from you, Terry. Nath, what do you make of the game yesterday? 
Um, yeah, I think it's, you both said it really. It was workman light. I think uh, a few weeks ago we was sort of lauding the uh, how how nice we play football sometimes, which is great. But our defensive, um, comp- you know, our defensive qualities could be uh, questioned sometimes. And I was more pleased with a with a clean sheet yesterday against a physical team. I think I was fairly comfortable. But the only way that they were going to score was. You know, by going very direct, which we expected, and onto our fullbacks peeling off and winning the second balls and the knockdowns from our fullbacks. But that was the only way that they were going to score. Um, obviously, with the silver getting it, getting booked, and then obviously he's height and Solly's height. Um, it's always going to be difficult. But um, I thought we managed really well, and yeah, I didn't feel. I, I just thought they were going to, like I said, they'll win a scruffy goal with a little second ball and a long shot or something, you know, something like that. But mm. held firm, and it was one of those. You know, we always say. It's like Tottenham yesterday, you know, it's not about sometimes you can't win pretty all the time and you've got to win these scrappy games in which we did. Um, so, yeah, delighted. And it's obviously both well for us. We've got a game on Tuesday now. So, but yeah, first, yeah, it was really, really comfortable. Played some nice stuff at times. Not all, all the time, but you can't. They're only human after, aren't they? <laughs> Unlike the rest, they tell. <laughs> I think uh, if, if we start with the team the news then, because Nate, you, you spoke about on Thursday about that, that you thought they were going to play fairly direct and you've said it again there. So we wondered about Saar maybe mm. keeping his place because he'd been played so well up yeah. at Fleetwood two weeks ago. We saw Solly come back in on the right, um, but Saar was dropped and it was Konzu who then moved from right back to centre-back. What did you guys make of that? I think um, I prefer Conrad centre back. I mean, I think he's going to be one of those players that can play anywhere. Joe Gomez uh, very similar, uh, and there are a lot of comparisons between Joe Gomez and Isri mm. Conza. And I think um, it's funny we had a, a bit of a um, sort of discussion about that before yesterday's game myself and Greg. And uh, and I started off by saying I, I want Conza to play centre back. That's his best position. I think that's where he's most comfortable. Having said that, of course, people remind me quite rightly of uh, the outstanding performance he had at right back against Fleetwood. And he's probably going to end up um, being one of those players, utility players, if you like, that um, will be cover for everywhere. Because uh, we know he can play in central midfield as well. We've seen him do it. So um, he may that may be his strength. I don't know. Uh, he may end up being his strength. But I'd, I just get the feeling I'd prefer him at, uh, at centre-back because uh, I'd seen him play there as, uh, in the youth team. And I'd just he just gives me that same um, air of, uh, of confidence that, Ezra, uh, that Joe Gomez used to when he played there. A confidence that perhaps we don't necessarily get from Naby Saar despite his recent performances. Nath, what did you make of the decision? Because as I say, we were talking about mm. the long ball and the threat of uh, aerially. Um, and Saar had obviously performed well the fortnight ago. What did you decide, uh, think of the decision? Yeah, no, I said on Thursday I thought Saar would play um, for the fact like you just said, your physicality and obviously he had a decent game. But um, we both, you know, I did say, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing if Konza started. It's just I thought because they were going to be so direct, but maybe we just wanted a bit of height in there, which, which but to be fair to Ezra, he, he, he was absolutely brilliant yesterday alongside Paddy. I couldn't couldn't fault him. And, and like Tell said, he, there's so much similarities to Joe Gomez, apart from obviously I think Joe's, a, a, I think, a lot more... Bigger in terms of stature, I think. I think he's a bit of he's certainly player. bulked yeah, up now, yeah, hasn't he? As well, yeah. I think he just he, his distribution out, out from yeah. defence is better, probably. Mm. And he got man of match yesterday. Didn't he yeah. did, didn't he? Uh, but I think um, I think Ezri can get there. Yeah, no, bit. definitely. So, but yeah, I delighted. To, uh, clean sheet was my main thing yesterday, especially mm. with Amos. There was a couple of couple of moments where he was there was a ball that was played back. I can't. I think it might have been. Um, Cashy, someone played it back to him and he had to clear it and he, he sort of scuffed it and it, they nearly had a chance for it, from it and Carl was just telling him to keep his chin up saying, you know, he's put you under pressure, relax because he seemed to be 
his kicking used to seem to be off yesterday, like Dino's yeah. kicks. But um, yeah, so hopefully that clean sheet gives him a bit of confidence now. I don't know whether he was trying to choke you out because again, I mentioned it yesterday. Um, after we scored, Doncaster changed their game plan in 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 a way that they probably should have done from the start. In as much as that they closed us down a lot more mm. uh, after we scored, uh, and they fought, they were forcing us to hit long balls, mm. and uh, and that wasn't working at all, and it was a bit frustrating at times. And I think um, I've got a feeling Amos was just uh, just trying to not knock it quite so long, drop it d- uh, shorter and into mm. the midfield to make it uh, uh, to make us compete um, more in in that sense because we did lose out. I think especially in that second half. I think we let Doncaster sort of um, get on top of us a little bit uh, more than we should have done. I think yeah. because of that. Mm. Yeah, I certainly think they started and let us play a bit more and it's definitely changed after the goal. Um, we haven't got too much to discuss before the goal because it came so early, but given what happened with the referee in the second half and a couple of the decisions that we saw him make, um, the opening two minutes, I thought, the bizarre moments really started. The ball, there was a flat ball, what, a minute in, um, and then there was an incident with Solly where he seemed to be holding his head and the referee told him to go off, only for him to come back on, to go back off, to come back on. Uh, Coppinger, for them, had to go off injured, who obviously... I, is, perhaps not one of the best players but one of the players that I'd heard of um, but then eight minutes in we got our, our first goal and as you say I thought Doncaster sat off us a little bit to start with and let us play our football um, and that was how it proved because Fosu he was out what t- five ten yards outside the area one touch in the near post and what a great start for him I don't know whether I didn't hear the um, uh, Ferguson interview afterwards but if you remember, before he scored for us, he was kicked up in the air twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tended to have like two or three players around him every time he got the ball. So they knew that he was a, a man that, that, that could cause them trouble. Uh, and the one time, you know, in the first eight minutes, they sat off him uh, and bingo. And uh, as I said on commentary, he, he, everybody, I'm sure, was expecting that ball to go in the opposite direction, yeah. you know, to mm-hmm. the far post, yeah. rather than him sneaking it into the, to the near. Uh, yeah. People won't be overly impressed, I don't think. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, Nath, but obviously sitting in the North Lower, I, mm. I didn't even know it had gone in at first. It just it seemed like a speculative <laughs> hit, and it was only then when I saw him celebrate and I realised yeah. it had gone in. No, yeah, exactly. It was a decent little finish, and um, I was looking at the way that we set up first, and it was because obviously you saw folks who got kicked a couple of times by their their fullback, um, but it was also interesting seeing Holmes going in the hole and not Clark. Mm. So I'd, Clark started out more of a wider position. So I don't know if it was the intent of that. You know, we wanted people who could run with the ball and drive at their defence. Maybe if they were maybe slightly weaker and in previous games or whatever. But we seemed to be doing that in the first half. And I mean, yeah, when he when he did ping it, I didn't expect it to go in. Um, but I did think it was going to go back stick. But yeah, I, like you, I sort of saw it and then didn't really know it went in. Really, into, <laughs> and he was just like, oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but. Because he didn't really, he didn't no. really pull the trigger, did he? I mean, no, he didn't have like, like you said no, in your comms. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have a backlift, like you said in your comms. It was like just pinged it. It was like, I don't know. It was just a bit. Mind you, then every time he got the ball, he tried to shoot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every time, <I> <laughs> yeah. and there was a couple of times Josh McGuinness, I think, gave him a sideways look. I mean, he's obviously we've spoken about him a lot at the start of this season because I think a lot of us expected, had Marshall been fit, that he would have played and Fosu hadn't. Um, credit to Fosu not only for taking his chance, um, obviously then. Probably the peak of his season so far was the hat-trick the other weekend. But also then, with Marshall being back fit, I mean, he missed yesterday, I think, with some sort of strain. But to be back now, uh, you know, looking at trying to get back in the side. And Fosu's just, is he feeding off that? Mm. Is that his what's encouraging him to play so well? Is he just a youngster who's got no fear? What do you think it is that's making him perform so well? Because I, I only speak for myself, but I'd never really even heard of him until we signed him. I think there's a little bit of everything in there, to be honest. I think, the, yeah, I mean... 
I'm not sure about the Mark Marshall effect, if I'm honest, uh, mm. because uh, I, I think it's uh, generally uh, the, the p- pressure of, of the players we have on Ben Reeves probably more so, perhaps, because Billy Clark uh, can, can drift across. And I think maybe as well, when he first burst on the scene, I mean, I think I've mentioned this before, um, the media um, team, George Jones from the media team, uh, saw him at Reading when he was at Reading, George Jones, and he said he's a special player. If he, if he progresses, then he's going to be a special player because he had that talent as a kid mm. at Reading. And so um, there was a lot of, uh, not hype's probably not the right word, but there was a lot of promise there. Uh, and uh, when I saw him in the pre-season friendly, I think, well, I'm trying to think, where was it, Crawling perhaps? I'm trying to think where we played pre-season friendly, where he was outstanding. And it might have been Crawling. But, uh, and I'm thinking, well, if this, uh, if this kid um, you know, is, is anything like that, steps up to against League One opposition and is like that, we're going to have a real player on hands. Uh, and then I think he just, I don't know if the expectation of that or... Um, uh, the fact that he was playing as a natural number 10 in that game and then he was moved out wide. Mm. And maybe he's just taken a little bit of time to settle into that wide position. And now he has. Um, I th- I just, he's, you're right about no fear. Uh, you know, the step overs and all the little jinks and turns and that. And he's, you know, he'll shoot for, for fun, probably because he's confident because he's banged five goals in three. Yeah. So uh, after that, I didn't really think there was too much happened until about half an hour in. I mean, we mentioned there that we thought Doncaster started to press us a bit more. I don't know if we were then got a bit complacent or whether we were sluggish after the international break, but we had a couple of link-up play where Marcus uh, got it into May, who curled it, uh, looked like it was going to go in the top corner, bounced off the bar. What did you put it down to? Do you think it was because we'd had that week off? Do you think that they started to press us a bit higher? Do you think we got a bit complacent because of the early goal? I think it was probably a combination of all of them, I think. Um I think obviously them changing their game plan maybe they put us under the cosh a bit more um, but yeah, no, they they started growing into the game and the longer it went on it, you could tell that we, we did need another goal just to settle mm. the nerves down a little bit just in case we started because we knew they was going to they was going to come at us and go even more direct than they already were which I don't know how that's possible but um, yeah but I think we stood up well I mean and, and then the first half obviously Sort of, sort of petered out a little bit. It, was quite, it got quite fragmented in parts of the first half. It got quite bitty, I think, yeah. with loads of fouls, and um, so it's quite fragmented. But yeah, no, I've, I think it was a mixture of all the three, mate. To be honest with you, I think. Uh, yeah, well, my next point was going to be the Marcus sort of penalty shout slash dive. Oh, um, yeah, You're more of a slash dive. <laughs> oh. I when I, when I say penalty shout, that's yeah. what he wanted. Uh, and and that was why Coleman got so intense at the end. It mm. was uh, not maybe not so much the fact that uh, was. Tariq Foss, who's, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more in a bit, um, his claim a dive or not. Mm. So he got booked for it, then why didn't he book Marky in the first yeah. half? Uh, in the first sort of uh, the first um, penalty shout. That uh, that, that incensed Carl Robinson a lot mm. because it was he, he, he was close. He clearly said no penalty. Yeah. And if it's no penalty and there's no contact, the way he fell to the ground, it was obviously a dive. Mm. I think in so some... he, he looked back at the ref as well, though. Yeah, so he, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Foster didn't even look. He was down. That's what was infuriating. I think strangely, what it what it did do is woke us up because it, it felt like the crowd was a bit sluggish as well, and that mm. obviously got the crowd on the the opposition's backs. Then Ricky went on a really long run, um, which really got the crowd fired up and got hacked down to. Fosu's free kick then with a long drive. Uh, I think then Rowe had a header, which Amos palmed wide, but looked like it was going wide anyway. Um, and then we had what we thought was a bit of a controversial decision when there was a long ball played forward and Josh was given offside, but the free kick was in his own half. Um, yeah, I've got all my hands up here. <laughs> yeah, I think, we, I think we all have. Uh, uh, most of the fans were absolutely incensed. Certainly the North Lower was on its feet. Um, it resulted in a Doncaster free kick in the end towards our box, which luckily came to nothing. But uh, my friend's a ref, and I actually clarified with him as well, and he did say that the rules had changed a couple of years ago. 
just on that, funnily as well, he did say, uh, and I've got a quote here from him, the League One and Two guys are always a bit dubious. They're either young guys in their first season who are guys who literally don't give up anymore. <laughs> so I thought that was reassuring based on some of the performances we'd had. But probably, well, it explains a lot as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just after that point that, uh, so my girlfriend came with me yesterday and she said something crazy is going to happen in this game. She couldn't put a finger on it, but it just had that feel of a strange game. And uh, I guess the next one was, was the first big incident when De Silva broke away, Holmes had a shot and then Fosu burst through, uh, was hacked down, it looked like from our end. Referee blew his whistle didn't really give anything, eventually went over to his linesman and gave it uh, as a booking for diving. It, you know when um, referees give penalties, demonstrative referees give penalties, they do that crouching tiger nonsense. Yeah. And then they point, don't they? Mm. Yeah. Well, he did all the crouching tiger stuff and then looked across at his, uh, his, his linesman for ratification of what he was about to see as a glorious decision. Mm. And the, the linesman was there absolutely stony-faced and, and stood still with nothing, doing nothing, absolutely nothing. So I think, oh, what do I do now? <laughs> you can see, it, oh, uh, hold on, uh, he hasn't told me if it's definitely a penalty. What do I do? I think it's a penalty. What do I do now? Uh, let me go and talk to him. Uh, and uh, I don't know what they said. In the, I, I'm expecting the linesman to say, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. Um, they said, well, did you see a, a, a contact? Uh, no. But then that doesn't surprise me because that that particular linesman down there gave throw-ins the wrong way pretty much all day, uh, and he he pointed for a goal kick right, and that's what they got a goal kick, and then he booked Fosu for diving. If he's booked Fosu for diving, it's a free kick, isn't it? Mm. Isn't it? I would have thought so. As far as I'm aware, so he sort of made it up as he went along. He's just thought you can just see the thought process in his head. Oh, hold on! If uh, I was pretty convinced it was a penalty and it wasn't. And I've just given a goal kick. That must mean he might have dived. I think I've probably got a book in then. And you could just see the mm. things you're mm. What are you doing? Nate, Nate, thoughts? Yeah, to be fair, I was um, where I sit in the North Low. I'm pretty. I was more or less in line with it. But you, you couldn't really. I mean, when he goes down, I mean, you can know. I thought it was a penalty, but I haven't seen it back. Um, but I wasn't baffled in terms that it wasn't a penalty. I was exactly what Tell just said. I was just baffled how you get a goal kick and. And book someone for diving, but yeah, I mean, I, the, the whole day it just seemed a bit odd. I mean, the decision did have that just, field, it, it just seemed like a circle, even like when the ref would come onto it, but when the ref went off and then the ball went out of play, and then one ball come on, then the fourth official was still in a suit, <laughs> rolled the ball on. I was like, mate, it's like, what is happening here? But it was just like a it was well, it's an experience, but it's quite funny. It was just a very strange <laughs> You've got to laugh, though, because it's hilarious. Your, when you speak to your referee friend... Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, 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 I can don't text do him it. in the show if well, you don't, don't do the, it. The, the question I'm asked, there's, there's a couple, obviously, but the, the one that really irked me yesterday was that you're a fourth official, and you're there, obviously, to do your fourth official duties, as backup if something goes wrong with any of the three others that are on the pitch, right? How can you not be dressed underneath <laughs> what you've got on? Because he's got a tracksuit thing on, hasn't he? Why haven't you got your referee's kit? It's yeah. like us making a sub and saying, well, hang on, yeah. he's just got to go get ready. Well, even Jacko, who's assistant coach, has his mat shorts and socks on in case he needs to be called upon. It's <laughs> like having all the subs, though. All the subs have to go into the, the change room. I've seen that. I mean, you shouldn't have 10 minutes while he goes and gets... It's like he had a shower. <laughs> Does his hair. <laughs> so, well, let's move on to that incident then, because that was... I was going to say the turning point. It wasn't a turning point, but it was... Uh, what interesting, funny, uh, worrying. Yeah, I well, don't the know ref did, how... did turn to, to the point of his elbow, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, the game kicked off. I have to say that I was still sitting down, I think, and suddenly heard a loud cheer and saw the referee floored. Um, at first, I was I was worried he wasn't moving at all. Um, yeah. We obviously heard in the commentary your thoughts. Uh, 
Nate, what did you make of it? It was uh, he hadn't had the best first half. It's <laughs> bounce, mate. Pure yeah, I bounce. felt like it was quite good that he was going off. To be but, honest, like like you say, when it happened, I was oh, it was hilarious. But and then then he didn't move, and then he managed to blaze whistle. So I know he's still alive, <laughs> but then he wasn't moving. And then as it started going on, it was like. Well, this could be pretty bad. He did the right thing and yeah. made sure the game had been stopped. Exactly, not just there. in case everyone just felt <laughs> yeah. like playing on anyway. Like, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was um, it was funny at the time. And then it got a bit worrying, and then as he went off, everyone was saying off, 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 which was quite funny. Uh, but um, like, as long as he, he's, you know, the main thing is all right now. But looking back on it, it's one of the funniest things. The sad truth of it, though, is that the reason he got polexed <clears throat> is because he wasn't aware of what was going on around him. <laughs> Ironic. Sussed out, uh, you know, <laughs> just basically um, uh, was what he was doing for the rest of the game while he was on. Because, you know, Josh McGuinness saw the kickoff taken. He just ran towards the ball uh, to close it down. And the, the referee wasn't looking around him. He just stepped back into his path. Well, he he saw got Polex completely. I mean, you, you just there was an ouch moment. <laughs> yeah, there was, wasn't there? Because uh, you know, I mean, he wasn't a tall fellow. The, the linesman, no, he yeah, was quite did he, really? anyway. And Josh McGuinness. And the funny thing for me was Josh McGuinness didn't even flinch, did he? <laughs> <laughs> he just walked across, had a drink, and went, "Oh yeah." That was, yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> touch from uh, from Carl Robinson to come on and just check if he was okay. But he did go off, and oh, uh, he came on to kick him. Seven <laughs> seven <laughs> minutes later. Fourth official takes his place. I noticed for that kickoff, he stood way yeah. back in the centre <laughs> yeah. circle. Did you see? I was expecting him back in the East End. Yeah, he was almost back with De Silva. Um, <laughs> so the second half eventually started, as I say, I think it was into the 52nd, 53rd minute. And I thought we started the better. We had a cross from Josh McGuinness, which unfortunately didn't get to anything. We then had a free kick from Ricky. Um, and then we probably had the best chance, I would say, of that second half, which uh, led Greg to... Oh! do that um, and it was a long switch Holmes to Solly uh, it was into Jake Force to Kasky then Holmes then Clark had a shot then there was a save then there was another shot and then eventually broke to Clark who smashed over and I thought that was the point at which I started to worry because the last two or three seasons when we haven't taken our second chance we've ultimately then gone on to draw or lose the game um, and it was just it just seemed like it wasn't going to be our day at that point I don't know if you felt the same I mean Terry you said Louis felt a bit nervous or tired after the game. I didn't really feel like that throughout most of the game, but at that point I did start to think, oh, is this going to be one that we rue come the 98th minute or whatever it was? I didn't. you know. Strangely, I didn't, because I didn't think they threatened us at all, really. I mean, if ever think back, and you, you're talking about that one save that Ben Amos pushed uh, past the post, it was going wide anyway. Other than that, and you got the one that hit the top of the bar, um, in the first half as well, I don't think he really had a. It, you know, there was lots of crosses into the box that he had to deal with and stuff like that. But generally, I didn't think he was threatened at all. And uh, as I say, the only thing that was at the back of my mind is if we make a mistake. Because mm. when you think about it, in that first half, that um, shot that came off the top of the bar came as a direct result of, of Cashy giving the ball away. Yeah. So, you know, the only uh, the only way I could see them getting back in it was if we actually made a glaring error. And yeah. of course, we've got that in us. <laughs> we've seen it before. But uh, I generally didn't feel that worried. Nafe. Concerned, comfortable. Um, yeah, no. I, I said earlier, it was, I, I felt comfortable, but I thought the only time though was if we didn't manage to keep up with their physicality up front. Um, uh, and I think with their, that that Congolo that came on started, mm. he was pretty direct. And with Jada Silva being booked, I didn't know if if he was gonna be, if he was on a tightrope booking wise. But that was the only thing I was I would say worried about. But I wasn't sitting there biting me nails like I usually would be. Yeah. Um, 
I was quite pleased when I saw yeah. May go off. I thought he was probably the Alpha better May, of the two. Decent player. He had a good game, I thought, and he went off mm. quite early in that second half. I was pleased to see that happen. Um, we had a Fosu deflected shot a bit after. Then there was a, cha- a small chance for Doncaster. Then McGuinness had a run and shot. Uh, then Clark set up Cassie. Uh, Cashy, sorry, made a good save. And I thought then towards the 80th minute, it was mainly Doncaster pressure. But as you say, there were balls into the box, and we were uh, we were dealing with them on the whole. Um, and then 81st minute, Reeves came on for Clark. Um, and it was a change. I'm not, I haven't had to say this at all this season, but it was a change I was kind of pleased to see because I didn't think Clark had one of his better games. I mean, Nath, you mentioned that he seemed to be playing a bit more out wide rather than in the middle. But I don't know. What did you make of his performance? Do you think that was why it was, or am I talking nonsense and he played fine? I think I mentioned it earlier on that you know the, the way that Doncaster changed their game plan after we scored meant that we bypassed our midfield far more often than mm. I think we normally would, and so I think he was a little bit more ineffective because of that. He didn't get enough of the ball and he had to come searching deep a lot of the time to even get close to picking it up so I think that might be one of the reasons I, I tend to agree with you I don't think he probably had his best game for us uh, I don't, that doesn't mean I, I thought he was terrible by the mm. way um, I just maybe a little bit ineffective because the ball was sailing over his head more often than not yeah no. yeah no I agree I think, you know, like tells you, I don't think he was had his bad, a bad game he had a couple of little runs here and there but I just find I don't find him as effective there because he's the one who usually goes in between the lines goes in the little pockets but um, obviously, there was a reason for it. There's a reason why he obviously put it to put Holmes in a central position. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be times that he's going to become. I think he, I, I think he'll probably go back into that central role on Saturday and against Tuesday. Bradford and Tuesday probably yeah. definitely against Bradford. I think, but um, yeah, no, I've, he sort of went off. It was nice to see Reeves get a little cameo though. Yeah, I was um, going to mention him because obviously we saw him briefly at Fleetwood as well. He didn't really have too much no. time on the ball yesterday, but now we have got those. Tuesday, Saturday games coming up, both of these ones against top six or seven sides, I think. Um, would you expect Reeves to come in and start one of those or would you back Clark and have Reeves still, while he's getting match fit, off the bench? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd suspect that he'd stay on the bench for, for the next couple at least mm-hmm. um, because uh, because we're winning. You can't really uh, change what well, you can, change your winning side, of course. I, I, I might expect Cons to go to right back on Tuesday if, Solly's, uh, if they're worried about Solly two games in a week. Um, or play Solly again on Tuesday and then maybe on Saturday uh, play um, Conzer at right back but that would be my only thought on the change Okay, There was a towards, well I say towards the end there was still about 20 minutes left but um, 83-84 minute there was a brilliant bit of pressure from De Silva who chased all the way back into the Doncaster half to win the ball, Uh, it resulted in a Fosu cross uh, and then we had a corner I think um, and then Doncaster pressed again and now this was a bit of a controversial move for me we were defending a corner when uh, Saar stripped off and Robinson brought him on for De Silva I mean obviously the height is going to make a difference but I'd always been told that you don't bring someone on when you're defending a corner but Saar came on I mean people were calling for him to start he's turned into a bit of a cult hero almost it seems in certain parts of the terrace and uh, came on and I thought did well for the last 10-15 minutes again uh, he did well because I thought he did well at Fleetwood and since uh, since he's come back into the, the reckoning this season, I don't think uh, you can you can aim any criticism at him. To be mm. honest, um, and so it's a great uh, it's a great uh, option to have off the bench. And I, I I get what you're saying. It's normally it's the given rule that you don't change a, a sub at a, cor- um, at a corner or make a sub at a corner. But um, when, when the De player Silver, going off comes up to your belly button, yeah, you exactly. Think. Yeah, the mm. silver they just target started to target the silver with. Uh, um, uh, Marky, you just Marco started coming, dropping off at De Silva, and then as soon as we brought Sara on, he switched sides and went to Solly, 
and Solly's gonna he's too clever for that Solly mm. just nudges people out of the way before they even get a chance so uh, I thought actually I was quite pleased with the, the uh, it's a clever substitution and, and, and actually I have to say it's not something we're used to is it really generally yeah. speaking yeah. so I was quite pleased to see it now, what's what's your opinion of Sar? I mean, obviously, he came in and was kind of a, I don't know, a target, a sort of summary of everything that Roland Akatchian had done to the club almost when he came in at first. He was never really had his performances, but since he's come back in, he's had what one one game and a bit of a game. What have you made of him? Yeah, I think he's come. He seems like he's adapting a little bit better. Um, for what I've seen of him, he's you know he's he's done okay. Um, and I agree with Tell. I think it was a good thing that we brought him on in that corner yesterday because as soon as he came on, he went and. Mark the centre back there, number six Butler, who um, who probably wasn't but too best pleased to see him get marked because he probably was probably trying to go into De Silva or whatever. But I think it was quite clever. So I, I do think you know aerially he's he's, he's obviously a big old unit. Isn't yeah. he? Jesus, see him yesterday when he warms out, he dwarfs over <laughs> Reeves, doesn't he? But yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think he's there. But I think he'll get loads of chances this year, especially you know with Pierce out. I think Konza and Konza and Saar probably switch it up a bit, especially with Konza going right back, like Tell's just said, maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think he's—I he, think he's a good player, and he's—he scored against the other lot down the road in the cup, didn't we? So I'll always like someone who scores against them. Yeah, <laughs> and even then, though we uh, did get battered that day, <laughs> we had a. Uh, 10 minutes of injury time I, obviously we don't have a big clock so I don't know if it did tick over to the 100 or not but the good thing is from my notes that apart from a late corner which Amos dealt with comfortably that was it and the final whistle went and we got that 1-0 in the bag um, fifth in the table game in hand two wins either side of the international break um, obviously two huge games coming up and you guys just said before the show you're a bit disappointed we're not a bit higher but all in all to come back from the international break and get that win's got to be pleasing Definitely, and I won't preempt what uh, what Carl's going to say, but he, he alludes to it in the in the post match conference as well because uh, it, it isn't always the case when you have a break like that that you come back and a little bit rust, a little bit rusty from uh, uh, people resting and uh, uh, maybe not as sharp as they you know you build that sharpness and so having a week off sometimes can affect you. So um, no, I, you know, the, it, very pleased that um, we won a game one nil. It's it's a strange mm. thing to say, but. We have not been used to that, really. I mean, yeah. we were saying before the game uh, on that Facebook Live thing that uh, this could be, you know, big score because yeah. you know we're on form, scoring goals. Uh, They've won four one, haven't yeah, they? Ferguson likes to play an expensive game, so this could be quite an open, free, mm. free scoring game. Mm. Oh, Tosh, that was cool. <laughs> they've, not, they've not won by more than one goal this season, have they? Have they not? No, because their goal difference is well minus one. Yeah, now. They've, they've not been scoring as much. Yeah, okay. Um, so until I mean, Saints, it's just yeah. Until yeah. they they got that hat trick, yeah. that Gaze got the hat trick last week, and then well, I thought it was going. What did we say on Thursday? Two all, didn't we? Or two? No, we said two nil. Yeah. So I was waiting for that second goal, but yeah. it just didn't come. Yeah, well, never mind. still we'll take it. So uh, <laughs> excellent. I think that just about wraps up the game. But if you want to get your thoughts in, I know some of you have, and we'll come to that in a minute. Then uh, at Chart and Live, you can tweet us or you can email us studio at chartandlive uh, uh, after the game I'm assuming this is Carl speaking to you is it Terry uh, yes I believe it is excellent so we'll have a listen to what Carl has to say get your thoughts in on him as well because I want to discuss him in a bit more detail after we've heard from him so this is Carl Post Doncaster joined by Carl Robinson in the studio and uh, Carl um, a 1-0 victory which uh, at, uh, did not like us yeah at the start of it it looked like it might uh, we might go on to uh, yeah. do considerably better than that but I suppose you, you have to give Doncaster some credit to change yeah, the listen, game Doncaster, Doncaster on, on a bad team we changed our game plan the last 15-20 minutes as well where we brought Naby on the, 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 
where a team is so enthralled on playing with two split strikers and and they get to the full backs very very easily it's hard to play against because you sort of you can't overly pressing to come out your spaces because you know if you hit that diagonally win it will we'll be exploited so you get caught in between the devon and the deep blue scene we found that in the fit in the middle section of the game i thought um bringing nabby on gives that a little bit more height at the back post um and it gives a bit more physicality so I was happy with that um, tremendous sort of application by him he, he took it really well yesterday about not maybe being inside today he might feel a little bit aggrieved by that but he was uh, but the back four to get a clean sheet was, was exceptional and um, I'm really really pleased with everybody and listen for the fans like I said once again thank you for your support but I think the only thing the fans asked for is exactly what they got today the the cherry on the on the top of the the ice on the top of the cake is is the flair and the passing and the movement and the fluidity that we we know we have, but the one constant the main substance of of this football club is the desire and the application to put your body on the line. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that teams here in the past have, have known how to win. Um, today looked like a team. I don't think the last ten minutes we looked massively under pressure. I thought we looked very very comfortable and very competent. And um, you just hope that you look that you don't have that bad bit of luck where the ball drops to them, and that's the one you hope for and you pray for. Um, but other than that, I thought we looked very very strong. And I don't really recall many chances. We had four or five very good chances to put the game to bed. Um, but didn't take them and that made it a bit more difficult but I'm really pleased with the players tonight I was going to ask that I mean from a manager from the sideline you're right I, d- I didn't think that Doncaster for all their not possessions probably not the right word but for all their busyness and, 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 and stifling our play didn't really trouble Ben Amos's uh, No uh, yeah, we troubled them a number of times and their best player was their goalkeeper in some ways I thought they made some great saves um, but we weren't, we weren't at our best today but we were at our best with our heart and desire um, and sometimes when you have a two week break you know the legs are going to be there but the fluidity and the, and the creativity, it takes one or two games to get going again. Um, a few teams off the back of the last international break came into this weekend and didn't get a result. I know one, I don't think Blackburn won today. I'm sure they're... They've they're lost today. Yeah, so, so they had the break and it's hard to sort of find that momentum and get yourself up and running again. Um, and then you look at the likes of the week before, I think when Wigan had their break, they come back and, and got beat away 1-0 at Shrewsbury. So we, 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 we knew it's always difficult when you come off the back of a bit of a break to find that momentum to get your legs going again. But I thought the players stuck into the jobs and the task very, very well. And now we go to Oxford, who are a very, very, very... This is a team that I've watched four or five times and they're a very good team. Um, and we know they're going to be full of confidence after them winning today 1-0 as well. <clears throat> you, you mentioned the international break, and uh, and unfortunately, uh, Mark Marshall took a bit of a knock in training. I hear so. Is, yeah, no, we, we we had a game. We had a, It wasn't even training. It was just on. on it was shape. It was it was something and nothing. It was just on his thigh. He sort of just flicked the ball inside. He just had a, had, a, had a cramping in the in the middle of the thigh. Um, if we if we had two or three games to go, we'd be he, he would be pushed out there today. Um, but with him being out for so long, and with us building his fitness so far up to where he is today. It's stupid for us to neglect that a little bit. Um, Reeves, he's still got to get back up there, but he showed glimpses of day to day when he gets away from people. He's he's some player, and so we're building momentum. We're building. It's getting harder and harder to pit start eleven because they're all in competition for places. And I'm really pleased everybody once again. I hope the fans are happy. I hope they they'll go home. I'm sure that pint will taste lovely in the first. Staff announcement. Staff announcement. Please note that Happens all every week, doesn't it? exit gate stewards may now stand down. <laughs> That's all remaining. Exit gate stewards may now stand down. Thank you. We can go home now, can't we? <laughs> Uh, and a special work for Tariq Fosu that's uh, what five and three yeah now. somebody it's, said uh, they've got Attrick t-shirts in the, in the club <laughs> shop I'm not too uh, I'm not too uh, <laughs> that's an interesting one um, if they've got a picture of Tariq's face on it I'm sure you'll have a wardrobe full of them <laughs> although Tariq came into work the other day with a Justin Bieber hoodie oh dear yeah from one of his tours so he's got a very unique clothing <laughs> well, choices well suitably admonished for, for such things he got it from me did yeah and Mikey's not the best either 
Is it? Uh, it was today all about uh, the momentum. No, we today's about Charlton. Today's about Charlton. Today's what we're all about. When the going gets tough, you roll your sleeves up. We're a, we're a hard-working group of people from the terraces to the pitch. And uh, that's what that was about today. It was a bit more of uh, and knowing this, how to win a game. Not flimsy, not weak. And sometimes when you have teams who are fluid as us and, and they move the ball as beautifully as us, sometimes they lack an eggs and a desire to defend. And we showed so many different sides of our game and I'm really pleased with that. I can't let you go without talking about uh, the three, three, three bits of first half and beginning of the second. The two penalty uh, incidents, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, looking at them back, maybe the three from wasn't overly a penalty. He certainly got caught. Um, my big, the big one was when 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 three gets booked and one of their players doesn't get booked. That's what I got irate about because you have to have that consistency. Um, so uh, listen, we hope he's well. Um, obviously, Josh is a big boy. Um, one thing you don't do. I don't think any of us have fancy being on the end of that uh, collision. No. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, no, no, no. First thing Josh is all day long. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. Let's hope he's okay. But uh, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're listening to Chowton Live. That's Carl and uh, a few mascots, I assume, yesterday's mascots. Uh, so that was Carl speaking after Doncaster yesterday. And um, I just wanted to talk about him a little bit because um, I, for one, was sceptical when he came in. I didn't, wasn't particularly sure about his attitude. But the way the atmosphere around the club, the the little huddle at the end of the game, the atmosphere when the players went off the pitch, Carl Punk pumping his chest, you know, that he seems to be winning fans round. Um, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts, see what you think of what he's doing. I mean... Again, going back to to my girlfriend coming yesterday, there were periods over the last couple of seasons where she just stopped coming. She just said it wasn't any fun anymore. I mean, she's not a massive Charlton fan. She comes because I come. But um, yesterday she said it felt it felt a bit more like Charlton again. Now, I'm worried about going too far because obviously we know the ownership's still the same. But within the club itself and on a match day and the performance and the atmosphere around those 11 players, it has got a feeling that it's things are a little bit better now. I think that's fair. I think I think uh, Carl Robinson's never going to be everybody's cup of tea yeah. because uh, I think he divides opinions uh, both inside your club and outside uh, as to as to whether he's uh, uh, is uh, is somebody you like or not. Um, I, th- I, I liken it now to um, and you're right about the ownership uh, situation that uh, you know they're still at the back of people's minds. Well, probably at the front actually. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say the back. Uh, but if you remember when um, Jose Riga took over and we we had to survive relegation, you had that sort of snowball effect regardless of who was in charge of the club because we were all pulling in the same direction because we wanted us to, 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 to stay up. And I think there's a hint of that coming now where you know we recognise, I think fans recognise that there's some quality on the pitch. Mm. 
that uh, Carl Robinson, um, despite people's uh, reservations perhaps last season, uh, uh, seems to have got the mix right. Uh, maybe not enough bodies in the in, in, inside the club, but generally got the mix right. So again, is that feeling of actually, despite what's going on behind the scenes, we might be able to pull in the same direction and something might happen, a positive might happen on the pitch. There's that sort of feel starting in the same way as I said as, as happened with Jose Rigo when mm. um, when when he did well for us. So uh, I, I tend to get to the feeling that that's that's kicking in a bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously crowds are still lower. There's still people who are staying away, and obviously a lot of people are still unhappy with the regime, and, and possibly rightly so. But mm-hmm. Nate, do you think the atmosphere at games, if that if that aspect of it is kind of united in terms of the fans, the manager, the the crowd, then that's got a, that's got to help, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think that was one of the difficult things that Cole probably had to um, when he came in. He's not only is he managing a team, he's obviously got to, he's got to watch what he says in terms of the fans as well, and he's got to try and bridge that gap between obviously the playing side and because he knows that he said many a time that he knows there's stuff that's gone on and people are entitled to their opinions and stuff, but I think he's still trying to get the emphasis to focus on the team and not the stuff behind the scenes, mm. um, which I think he's actually done really well. To be fair to him and. Like like you both said, there does seem to be an air of positivity at the moment, and I think I don't, the good thing about Cole, he doesn't get too too um, what's the word too too high when we're winning. He mm. still keeps us quite grounded, which I think is a quite good level thing. Yeah, and I, again, Tell said it. He does divide opinion. Um, we when we when he was appointed, we had some people that didn't like him, and some people that did, but we knew that he was going to play good football. So. I don't know. He's, I mean, I, I think he's great. I really like Carl. I really do. And I think that the help with Bose and Jacko there can only mm. help him as well. So I think it's, it's looking good. But I'm not. We, we know how quickly things can change. So I don't think any yeah. of us are getting um, too. Results have obviously been good yeah. at the moment, which obviously plays a part. So get your thoughts in um, at Chart and Live, studio at chartandlive.co.uk, on Carl, on uh, Esri Konza, who's going to be our player in focus later in the show, on any strange things you've seen uh, at Charlton Games, on a potential derby uh, after the, the Brian Clough derby between Derby County and Nottingham Forest today. If we were going to have a, a match against either Crystal Palace or Millwall, or both if you can think of them, what might you call it in the same way? Um, but we'll go to, to game tweets now, Tell. Is there We've only some? really got um, got the one that's directly related to the game, and it's, um, uh, and it's from uh, uh, AMCFC, so Narrow. Uh, I'm not sure uh, how you pronounce that, if I've done it right. But uh, I personally thought Bauer and Konza were immense yesterday. Bauer dominated Marquee, and, uh, and Konza read the game so well with his interceptions. And I think that's an important part of um, mm. Esri Konza's game. He reads the game so well. Uh, and Bauer is Bauer. I mean, um, he... he Occasionally, he'll try too hard to get in front of a player and, and give a give away a foul when you probably think, "Oh, you just didn't need to do that." So, picking and choosing his moment sometimes lets him down. But generally, he's a rocker. I mean, uh, Patrick Van, if you've got somebody uh, alongside him of quality, as Jason Pierce was and Ezri Conzer is, we've got a solid central pairing. And I know some people then will say, "Well, hold on, we concede too many goals." Mm. You're going to have to get used to that because that's the way we play. You know, when you're wide men, you're back, you're two fullbacks bomb forward as often as ours do. Uh, to assist the uh, the front uh, middle three and front front one, then you're always going to be exposed uh, from time to time. So that's going to happen, I'm afraid. I, I think keeping clean sheets, I think, is going to be more rare than not. Mm. I think it's uh, it's to his credit that we haven't really mentioned Bauer, but not just tonight, but a huge amount in general. Because obviously he's had, as you say, Pierce alongside him for a long time, but then he had Saar with him 
last week. He's had Konza with him this week, and we're talking about all those players. The fact we're not mentioning Bauer is because he's not doing anything wrong. He's he's been pretty assured, and and as you say, he stepped up in that kind of leadership role. Then when Pierce has been injured. Um, right. So if that's the only tweet, we'll move on to pretty to, much the only game tweet. All the rest yeah. are about um, responses to the questions we've okay. raised and uh, and Con- Esri Konza being cool. The, uh, We'll come to that in a bit then. So we'll move over to emails because we've got two or three. And the first one's from Chris Davin. Thanks for your email, Chris. Uh, He says, hi, people. Wasn't at the game uh, yesterday due to work, but saw the result. A win's a win. Heard we were okay from those that were there. Doncaster are nothing special uh, who is in this league, but that doesn't matter. And being Charlton, we're still a name and a scalp at this level, which I think is a good point, obviously. And, you know, coming to a massive stadium like this uh, for this level and, and Charlton are still a big team. Um, looking at the table a playoff spot is well within our grasp and who knows seven points from automatic go on a run sometimes and it's not out of the question most fans say a playoff spot is expected my question if we reach the playoffs but don't go up would you keep Robinson yeah yeah it'd be str- yeah I mean when it, 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 it's going to sound a fairly silly thing to say because we're in league one but it will it will represent one of our more successful seasons since we last went up from league one mm. so it would be uh, uh, slightly churlish to get rid of somebody who's, who's brought us to that level uh, you'd have to give him another go, wouldn't you? Mm. He's funny. He, he built a squad, hasn't he? He would have built yeah. a squad. He's built. He's changed the way we play. I just think it'd be crazy. But again, I don't, nothing will surprise me. So you'd argue <laughs> that the reason we struggled in the in the last few seasons is precisely because when we've been in any well, kind of good position, we've had two or three bad games and just sacked the manager off. The guy who's on has been touting himself clearly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, surely is Robbo drew a statue now because he's been here for so long, or yeah. like a plaque or a stand named after him, or something. I should think it can't while. be. Can't be far in the office. Maybe a gate. Maybe you can have a gate outside. <laughs> Half the, gate. the Robo gate. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah just Robo. It's funny. I've uh, I've just been invited to one of my mates' stag do's, which is the Sunday of the playoff final. So I'm uh, humming and ahhing about that. Ooh. And I know if I don't do it, we'll drop off. And if I do, we'll probably get there. The stag do can start after, surely. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the stag do's Friday to Monday. So, and it's in go, Newcastle. We'll just do a pub crawl that starts around your neck of the woods and ends yeah. up in Wembley. Uh, it starts in Newcastle. And comes down to Wembley. <laughs> and it goes back up to Newcastle. It could be a long old weekend, that. But let, let's not get carried away. No, uh, perhaps not, no. The second well, email... Anyway, top two, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we'll win it, no problem. Although I saw Wigan again. Did they win yesterday? Yeah, yeah Those two are Shrewsbury Drew creeping away, aren't they now? Mm. Um, Paul Griffiths has emailed in. Thanks, Paul. Uh, he says, hello, Charlton Live team. Really enjoyed the game yesterday. Especially great to be enjoying coming to the Valley again. Which I guess is a, kind of goes back to what I was saying about the feel around. Uh, after sitting through the two boring England games during the international break, I never thought there'd be a day when watching Charlton is more entertaining than our national team, but this season they certainly are. We could and probably should have scored three goals in the second half, and although nervous during the eight, uh, ten minutes sorry, of injury time, which could have been more as the ref incident was eight minutes alone, it was great to leave the Valley among so many happy fans. Great to see Ben Reeves come on. Uh, for me, Billy Clark is still my player of the season so far. Let's hope for more points this week. All the best, Paul. Uh, yeah, Billy Clark. Uh, so I mentioned him earlier. I didn't think he had the best game yesterday, but I, I do think he's been pretty good so far this season. What you guys made of him on the whole? Yeah, no, I've really man, big fan, big big fan. The first, because I've uh, I was away for quite a lot, a, lot, a lot of the games recently. So my last game before yesterday was Northampton. So the games I see him play, especially um, Bristol Rovers, especially is when we went down to ten men. How we he still sort of can, sort of semi run the game with ten men, and he's when he gets in that little pocket, so he's just unbelievable. He's like a little messy, but um, oh, that's a compliment enough. That one, isn't it? <laughs> uh, 
Who is it? Gabriel Jesus was being compared to Messi when he yesterday on Match of the Day. I think if anybody's listening there from the club, there's going to be a Billy Clark Messi t-shirt printed. Yeah, probably will be in the shop. Carl's going to be pulling his hair out. What are we going to do for Cashy then? Must have. I was going to say there'll be little heads, slapping hands or something. Apparently, explained that in the program yesterday, but I haven't read that yet. Oh God, yeah. One of you, I'm going to read Mark Newbury's email out, but you have a read and try and find out what it is that he reason he does that. Uh, so yeah, Mark Newbury has emailed in. His uh, email is subject McGuinness versus Mayweather next question mark. <laughs> uh, evening chaps, best decision yesterday. The ref deciding to stay down for the count after getting a clip from Big Josh, then watching Carl try not to wet himself whilst treatment was being given was a joy. We started at a real pace for a change and it paid off by pushing them back straight away and the reward of the goal was the least we deserved. I would probably have given man of the match to the Rovers keeper Lawson, who stopped it from being a hiding. At least three times he produced amazing saved and as I was already out of my seat celebrating a certain goal. But if I had to pick one of our boys, then Josh gets it from me for his non-stop work, the runs off the ball and defending, giving him a certain Frenchman style. Um, yeah, so let's go to McGuinness then because obviously he had a pretty successful international break. Um, we haven't really mentioned him at all because yeah, apart from a couple of headers, he didn't have too much to do in terms of goal-scoring chances, but put a shift in again. He did put a shift in and, and it must be, you know, we, we were talking again before the game about how confident he must be mm. scoring against the world champions. Um, he's he's in a scoring uh, right, uh, vein of form. So, you know, you you really felt, I felt sorry for him yesterday because, as I said earlier, the way Doncaster then sh- uh, set themselves up after we scored to close us down uh, to make that midfield almost non-existent so the balls were just we were just pumping long balls up there and mm. um, when we play the system we do where basically you have one up front and the other um, players come and support as quickly as possible when you bypass the midfield that can't happen so he was running his, his legs off for almost no reason uh, and no reward uh, and they had t- two obviously they got two centre halves and for the most part they were just gobbling it up and, and he was finding it hard to uh, to get any sort of joy so mm. but it didn't stop and that's the point I um, think uh, the, probably the highlight of his performance for me was when he chased that ball down to the corner exactly. with I think their left back and just muscled, muscled him off it, no absolutely. problem and uh, no, it just shows what he does and in a Carl Robinson team you know that's the sort of player he wants up front because you're going to get goals from the likes of Fosu and Holmes and McGuinness is up there to do a job and I thought he did it pretty well yesterday yeah he does, he does a job and I think Josh would probably be one of the first people to say that he's more happy about the win than, uh, than scoring himself but uh, I think he, he yeah, he did. Um, he popped a shot off yesterday, which I didn't know. And he's like, when he sort of ran across the penalty yeah. area, and he mm. sort of popped it. Because I've never, you never really see him get, get long range shots, really, apart from maybe Bristol Rovers when he got the hat trick. But um, yeah, no, I think he played well. He done a job yesterday. But that I, I, I'm just worried about him because I've, I've just got a fear that he's going to burn out. Mm. Um, that's my only fear with him is that he's, if he hits a dull, if he hits a patch, then it's going to come stage. If we haven't got anyone else to try and come in and help. Mm. Is he and he doesn't score in say five, six, seven games? Is his head going to go down and down? And that's that's my only concern. I got you don't get the uh, the feeling you know when when he speaks that he's that type of person that will mm. let himself get down. But I I, I agree with Nathan in, in as much as the burnout thing. Yeah, you know when you've got one solitary uh, striker mm. uh, forward playing on his own up there and doing the sort of legwork he's got to do, yeah. then you're right, I think he's going to need a rest at some point. And I think he's actually got the World Cup games still coming up. He's got yeah. the playoffs to to get involved in. And as I mentioned on Thursday's show, uh, again, I don't necessarily think he's this sort of player, but with the World Cup in the back of his mind, if they get there, is he going to perhaps, you know, even if he slacks off one or two percent, it could make a big difference. As I say, I don't think he's that sort of player, but we'll have to see. But when you've only got Dodu, well, until Christmas and then a and Grant coming in, it's not not really the same sort of player that we'd want up no, there, right. I guess. Well, I mean, that would make the January transfer window huge then, mm. for us. Yeah. 
Mark's email carries on then. Um, the only slight on an excellent game is that I don't think Jake Forstikaski wants the ball enough. He's tidy and clears up a lot, but you don't see him trying to take the game on. If you watch Cashy, he's moving and asking for the ball even if he's being marked, whereas Jake is sitting back a lot of the time, seems to have stopped the late runs into the box. Yeah, that's, again, something I think we mentioned on Thursday, Nath, a few weeks ago was Forstikaski and Cashy. Um, and I think it was when we were having a bit of a, we'd lost a game and, and drawn a couple. Are their performances less standout because we were playing badly or were we playing badly because those two had dropped off a bit? I mean, he mentions there that Jake Forstikaski perhaps not making the runs into the box. Is he being asked to play a different sort of style? Is it just that he started the season so well and he couldn't keep it up? What do you, what do you think? Um, uh, I don't know. It's difficult to say, but I mean, I think they complement each other very well because I think Jake is that sort of deep line playmaker sort of, but and they're, they're try, he's trying to get trying to make him a box-to-box player, but... It's quite hard to do that for 90 minutes, um, especially the amount of ground they're covering as well. I think Hull's alluded it a few weeks, how much kilometres both of them are covering each week. Um, so I don't... But yeah, it, I, I know what he means. I mean, yesterday he didn't really mm. bust the gut to go up there, but we don't. it might have been because we said we're not going to have too much joy doing that. I don't know. But um, I, I, I like Jake. I, I do think he's quite a nice little player to have. Um, I mean, we've talked on about his day, yeah. I think he's unplayable on his I, day. I don't think you can um, take yesterday as, a, as an isolated no. case because, mm. again, bypassing the midfield, you got to run, you got to sprint very quickly to even get close to getting up there. And mm. we weren't, we weren't playing in in that style much yesterday anyway. Uh, whereas you look at the Fleetwood game, uh, and the reverse is true. He was getting in there, but Tariq Fossey, it was a Tariq Fossey show yeah. anyway. So um, I think yesterday's game is probably a, a harsh one to judge him on. Um, because I think uh, the midfield generally, apart from Cashy, who, who plays that sort of holding role anyway, mm. um, didn't really um, gel as much as, as we'd been used to seeing. I think uh, we've all agreed that Konza best position is centre back. But in the next two games, would you want to see Joe Aribo come in for either of those, or are you happy just keeping those two as they are? I mean, we're trying not to change too much. Clearly, mm. Carl's philosophy is same eleven whilst fit, but you I know, suspect, big games coming up. Yeah, I suspect if anybody's going to come in, it's going to be Reeves rather than uh, Rebo. And don't get me wrong, I'd like to see Joe Rebo uh, mm. feature because I think he's a, a good player. Mm. Um, but then on the other end, uh, I'm quite happy for him to stay in the shadows at least till after January. Yeah, and yeah. then we'll uh, we'll use him when we need him February. Because well, we got we got two check 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 yourself yeah, ones, got... and then we got an FA Cup bit sandwich in between, haven't yeah. we? So I think the the fringe ones are going to get their chance, but. I don't think we should just change it for the sake of change. It's funny you mentioned January tail because the final paragraph of Mark's email starts, I hope Konza speaks to Lookman before he decides to move to another club as it was yeah. maybe a season or two too early for Addy and now all he gets is the odd appearance in cup games. I feel a lot of the younger players would rather play regularly so stay, get the experience and move when it's right not just to bump up your wages. I think we'd all hope that that's the case. I'd agree but there's, uh, there's two issues there. One, uh, it's not just about whether um, the player wants to go it's whether the club's desperately wants to sell him mm. uh, or not desperately but is keen to uh, and I think that featured so um, but I'd, obviously I agree that um, I mean Adam O'Loughlin was just wasted in, in Everton's under 23 squad and bizarrely most of the Everton supporters feel the same yeah and <laughs> bizarrely when they're struggling for pace which is their key issue and that's why Matey um, Boy out there is um, under pressure because uh, he's got two or three really good players in that youth team and he mm. just doesn't play um, and uh, yeah, I'd be interested to know whether um, Adam O'Lookman's jealously looking back and thinking yeah. I'd be playing every week if I stayed there. That's, I should think his bank balance isn't yeah, looking back not. too much. But then Fosu but... probably wouldn't have come. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Very so true. we can't have best of both worlds. Well, we, but... Yes, we can. Sure. We could. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him online in January. <laughs> We're football fans. That's exactly what we want. Uh, right, we'll take a quick break now. Um, remember, we want your strange things that have happened at football. We've had quite a few, I think. Uh, your thoughts on Esri Konza, who's our player in focus. 
Um, and also our Millwall, Charlton, Crystal Palace derby titles, uh, if you can think of any of them. We'll be back in about a minute. Into the, into the box, it's a flick on from beginning. Yeah! Oh, Sean have grabbed the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGuinness's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. That deserves longer, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's a shame it's so so short. Uh, welcome back to Chant Live. That's me, Tom Wallin, Terry Smith, Nathan Muller here. Louis away on a lads weekend, I think. Came back yesterday for the game and then had to go back to Ipswich, is it? See, see, he can do it. I think, so there's yeah. no reason why you can't. Yeah, that's, you. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, see, <laughs> see you later, Lou. Um, right, so yeah, first topic we had after the ref getting knocked out yesterday. Um, it's funny, we've got that connection with Doncaster in terms of the waterlog pitch and the brooms. Last time, Jacko throwing water on. Yeah, and this time, had the ref being taken out. I mean, we've had flying pigs here. Uh, we've had all sorts of strange things. Obviously, there's the beach ball incident for Sunderland in the Premier League. But we wanted your uh, strange things that you've seen happen at football. I think we've had a few tweets. In we've time. had a few. I just wanted, before I do that, uh, uh, I missed uh, Reese's um, comments on yesterday's game. Okay. Um, very good performance. Thoroughly deserved the win. Should have been 2 or 3 nil, but happily take 1 nil. Played the great swift football we've seen so much uh, um, this season at times. It's fantastic to watch. Just need to take our chances. Or otherwise, not making two or three will come back to haunt us. Was dreading them scoring a completely undeserved stoppage time equaliser. And such a relief when the referee uh, when the whistle went for full time. Very nice to get a long-awaited clean sheet too. Thought the centre-backs were excellent. Tough week ahead, but if we can get three or four points out of Oxford and Bradford and then beat Wimbledon, we'll be looking great going into November. That's, uh, that's from Rhys. Cheers, Rhys. In one minute, summed up what we've spent an hour talking about. <laughs> yeah, you fancy no, a game next week, Reece? We could have gone and had a cup Yeah, so strange things. Strange things, right. Uh, Garmy Hedgeff, um, strangest, funniest thing at football. Hartlepool fans at the end of the season in their Smurfs or Oompa Loompa outfits, mm. which is always good to see. That actually. is always good yeah, fun, yeah, isn't it? Good. Um, Bob Lipscomb mentions the, uh, the the last time Donny were down. Nothing much stranger than seeing an away team's players sweeping water off the pitch. Uh, which was Doncaster, yep. Yeah. Uh, flying Pigs, of course he mentions them as well. Uh, what else have we got? Um, I seem to remember the lines, this is Freddie Wells, I seem to remember the lines when getting completely taken out by a player in a game at the Valley a few seasons back. I'm trying to remember that, to be honest, and I can't. No, I don't remember that. Um, but there was another one about, um, and this is going back to, to some, my sort of era, John No, thanks John. When the ref blocked a Peter Garland shot on the goal line, uh, and it was obviously struck so hard he ended up in the back in the net, uh, we ended up winning five one, and Lieber knocked the ball in after uh, after the uh, um, the ref had stopped it on the line. Apparently, I, I should remember that, but I don't, and that's, that, <laughs> we'll that bothers me. Um, uh, keeping a go, yeah, uh, the Johan Turam catch the ball, the strangest thing in football. Is, uh, <laughs> I think that's probably it's quite popular. Um, uh, that's pretty much it for now. Uh, keeping coming in, obviously. Course, yeah, we had a, had a bit of a linesman incident on Wednesday night, didn't we, with the women's game um, oh, yeah. being delayed by 10 minutes. It turns out Lou tells us he went to Thamesmead for the game, then he went to Sparrows Lane for the game, <laughs> and then ended up at the Valley. So uh, <laughs> there's another one. I think one of the uh, strange, funniest things that happened to me at football, it had nothing to do with what went on on the pitch, but 
Um, you're too young, you guys, uh, to remember. Well, Bonanza, you never know. Right? Who? Bonanza. It was an old uh, uh, yeah. television program, Western I've television. heard of it. But Have the you? opening sequence, yeah. the opening sequence was basically a map, an old map of the West being burnt from the centre out. Okay. Right? That was the opening titles. Well, we, I went to somebody, uh, a friend of mine who was an Arsenal fan, took me to Highbury. And we were standing in the clock end. It was, uh, uh, they played Newcastle, I think, when back in the day when Malcolm McDonald was playing. Uh, and uh, he just took me because he had a spare ticket. So off I went. Uh, and um, his dad had this huge, like the Financial Times paper, you know, one of these big broadsheets. Mm, yeah. And so at half time, like we were allowed to sort of scamper about because we were only like seven, six or seven. And uh, his dad had one of his broadsheets. And uh, we were behind him and somebody had gone in front and obviously with a lighter <laughs> set fire to the middle of the paper. <laughs> so he's standing there trying to read this paper and all of a sudden from the middle outwards <laughs> it caught fire. Um, which uh, which he wasn't overly impressed with but we thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one game down here. Uh, it was against Ipswich but I don't remember what, what year but a while ago and Sasser Illich and it must have been middle of winter and whoever their keeper was had a big, big debate about the goal mouth because the p- pitch was a state and they must have spent 15, 20 minutes of the warm-up debating what to do and eventually caked it in sand. I think it might have been the game we won 3-2 when we were 2-0 down to start with. Um, but that was that was a bit odd. Um, so yeah, I think that's all. As I say, if you've got any more, then, then tweet us at chartonlive or email in studio at chartonlive.co.uk. Uh, but we'll move on to our, our second topic, I think, which um, I think we've had quite a lot of responses on, and that's Esri Konza. Um, as I say, last season... Broke in early on in the season. I can't remember exactly when his debut was, but played well over 35 games for the club. Um, seemed to be on the Premier League radar. He's had England call-ups. Uh, he won Young Player of the Year. Um, played centre-back, but also right-back, central midfield. Uh, and then this season's come, and he, he hasn't really played a huge amount. Um, he's obviously... Pierce and Bauer have been pretty much centre-back pairing for the whole time. We've had Solly at right-back, who obviously, when fit, is going to play. And, and as we've discussed a little bit, Forster, Kasky and Kashi, pretty much first choice in the defensive midfield position, so struggled. But came in against Fleetwood, uh, you could argue, only because of the injury to Pierce, really, um, and was brilliant. Um, and then thought he was faultless again yesterday. What have you guys made of him so far? Yeah, no, he's, Ez has always been... Um, I can't... I can't I can't think of many games where he's had a bad game. The only game that I thought he, you know, he, he struggled in was that game when we went up to Rochdale mm. and he ultimately mm. went off injured against that Cal- yeah, Calvin the big Andrew. player when he was playing. Yeah, against. that's the only time I've ever seen him struggle a bit. But he, he tells alluded it already. He's, he he just oozes a bit of Gomez about him. Mm. He has that bit of class on the ball, and he he just seems quite comfortable in possession. So um, obviously he's been with us since he was twelve, hasn't he? So yeah. he he's another proper Cholton Cholton boy and. He's, it's obvious that he's going to go and do big things, but hopefully we can keep him a lot longer than we've obviously kept Addy and Joe for. But um, I think he's he's comfortable at centre-back, right-back, centre-midfield. You could probably put him up top and he'll do a job, but I don't think you'll ever see him up there. I was going to say, before we move to the tweets, what do you think his best position is? Um, personally, I, I like him. I like him as a DM. I like him in midfield. I just, But then again, he is, I'm not saying I don't rate him at centre-back, yeah, yeah. but I like, I, like, I like him in that middle. I think we've got... But that's when, that's to be fair. That's when we didn't have Cashy. Okay. So now Cashy's back. But I, th- I think he could slot in there easily. Yeah. But he can play anywhere. Like Telsey, he's one of those players who's so good and so intelligent in a game. He can play, he could probably play left back as well. So um, yeah. What have people been saying, Tel? Uh, quite a few uh, saying pretty much what we have. Um, and uh, I've I've already said I think what what uh, I think um, centre uh, centre half is best position. I think uh, I think he will cover 
other areas because that's his, you know he's that good a player. Yeah. Uh, and if that is to his benefit, then fine. Um, I've got no problem with that, and I'm, I'm sure he hasn't either because uh, uh, I, I, the key. The thing that most players want to do is just play, mm. uh, whether they end up playing in their right position or wherever. Mm. I think as long as they get in the game, I think they're probably uh, uh, probably happiest. Um, just reading through most of the tweets, uh, I don't know, I've, uh, I've just lost it because it's um, it's reloading. But um, most people saying the same thing that uh, uh, you know there's uh, there's that awe of Joe Gomez or that uh, that shades of Joe Gomez about him. And, uh, While it's reloading, then do you think? I mean, it's difficult, really, because as you say, we are blessed with a little bit more quality this season than last but should he be playing more I mean at the moment he's, as I say he's really taking his chance because of injury but should he be getting in on, on merit alone and if so who do you think he should be coming in for or do you think he's going to have to accept at the moment being a, a bench player and coming in and being utilised when other players aren't fit I think that exactly yeah. that yeah um, and I don't I don't think that's um, down to what's happened before I think he's just now a little bit unlucky mm. that Cons has come on leaps and bounds um, to, well come on to the play we know he can be uh, Patrick Bowers remains solid uh, and uh, doesn't look as shaky as sometimes he did last season uh, and when Pierce is fit he'll almost certainly get back and don't forget when Harry Lennon's back there'll be another mm. one um, vying for that place as well um, so uh, but you know, by all accounts he's, he's great in the dressing room he's great in the training ground so he's quite happy to, to, to be there or thereabouts I'm sure Ultimately, at some point, he'll want to he'll want to go and play uh, yeah. regularly. So who knows what'll happen by the end of the season? But uh. Uh, that was going to be my next question. Do you think we'll keep hold of him? I mean, if you're saying he's going to want to go and play, if he can't get into a League One side, I mean, it's going to be Premier League, maybe Championship clubs that come in for him. Is there an argument that if he does go up there, he's going to be playing no more? Like Mark Newbury said, would he be better off going somewhere else? You know, I doubt he's going to go away at this level. So you know, if his choice is Premier League bench or here bench. It, you know, does he chase the money? Does he stay here? And well, by all accounts, we turned down offers. Yeah. Um, at the last transfer window, which I'm not sure I'm happy about. I'm not. Well, I'm obviously happy we turned them down, but the fact that there's genuine interest is mm. not great. Mm. Uh, but hopefully, uh, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. So somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Pick that up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So well, there's going to be interest when you're. When you we, we seem to all of our youth seem to be linked elsewhere, but mm. that's just part and parcel of the game now. And um, play, you know, it seems like a lot of play, a lot of teams are just stockpiling now, and it's just getting a bit of a joke. But well, what can you do? I mean, if someone puts a load of money in front of you, it's uh, the powers that be above. If mm. they want the money, then I'm not saying that they do, or you know, I'm whatever. Sure he does. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, that's what it means. If if someone's waving that in his face, yeah. it's uh, it's hard to. So, like you know, Addy might not wanted to go. We don't know if if if, if the club said no, we're have, we're having the money. You've got to go. What choice does he have? He can't say no. I, I'm going to turn Everton down. I want to stay because then they, he's obviously they obviously want to cash in. Mm. So that's the problem we got. But hopefully we can prolong that as much as possible and just whack a minimum fee release clause of eighty million or something. Like that. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the way football's going, it won't be that long till he's worth that much. Have we got the tweets still? Uh, or are they still good, they're, they're going mental. Uh, over a, a lot of uh, the time tweets that were put out are, are blocking uh, a lot of stuff coming in. But anyway, do you, do you want us to take um, a break? Or? I'll, uh, I'll I'll get to them uh, as quick as I can. Okay. Um, I think um, Reese has said I think he should be starting. Uh, okay. I love Solly, but I've been not been impressed with him uh, this season. I think he'd be out if he wasn't captain. Oh, so which start, is start him at right back. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's a difficult one for me because I, you know, I think Chris Solly's immense uh, mm. when he plays well. One v one, best in the league um, by a mile. I'd be, I'd be loath to drop him. But I get what he's saying. I mean, Ezri Conza 
could make that place his own, but I still think I'd prefer a natural right back and a natural centre half personally. I've argued that in the formation we play as well, Solly's naturally more exposed because Holmes or Fosu just bombs on so much. Exactly. I think his his knowledge of the game and his his brain is very very good. And yesterday he showed that a few times, but I do think he gets exposed a bit. But say the same with De Silva as well. I think personally, I, I think we've all said we'd rather have Conzo at centre back, but. Yeah, Solly's come in for a bit of criticism this season. Nath, you've we've talked a little bit about him on Thursdays. What do you think in terms of Solly's performances so far? Yeah, no, I, I, I still think I'd play him every week if he was fit. I would never, yeah. I would never drop Souls if he was, if unless he was, you know, if he was really bang out of form, maybe. But mm. you, you get him. All the years I've seen him, I don't think I've ever seen him have a, a game less than seven. Mm. I really, I, I don't think. I you two might, have, but I can't remember anything, him having a bad, bad game. Um, I'd go along with that and I think what I said before I think the way the style of football we're playing now mm. it's not Solly's fault just to mean mm. that, that we are exposed the way we are because of the nature, the nature of the way we're playing he burst forward yesterday right near the end was it past Ricky Holmes exactly. absolutely yeah. bombed on I and that's, the, and that's the, the way that Carl Robinson wants to play so we are going to get caught out yeah. there's, there's mm. just, you're just not going to see the same sort of solid defensive performance that we might have got on previous um, managers, mm. uh, which where where winning one 0 would have been normal, it, it's it's not. I don't think it's it's, it's going to be regular at all. I think mm. we you know we are going to see three twos and four twos and three ones, and that's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, Morgan has um, tweeted this in as well. Was brilliant at Fleetwood, uh, Conza, in talking about big rival to Solly on that performance, which which of course is true. Mm. But what it does do, I mean, Chris Solly, uh, there's that is his knee. Yeah. Dodgy or not, yeah. But it gives us that sort of cover, which yeah. uh, which is amazing. I think our back four generally now, with Lewis Page getting fit again, mm. is probably one of the strongest we've had for a while. Mm. And of course, we've got uh, Jig Steele as well, who Indeed, played in course. the pre-season against Norwich here. Uh, I know we lost, but I thought he looked pretty good. And has he played any competitive? Maybe he's played cup games. Cup? He's, yeah, yeah, he's played the cup, cup games. Yeah, so but... he's been all right as well. So yeah, plenty of options. Um, more tweets. <laughs> Uh, yes, but not necessarily uh, about um, about specifically about Conzer anyway. Uh, That's all right. Uh, as they come, uh, as more come, I'll read them out. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back in about a minute. This is what we came here for. We came here for love. I Does superbly well to win it off of uh, Maloney and now set up a Hearn Grant on the left hand side of the penalty area. A Hearn Grant, little step over, ball back across, oh, behind everybody. It's going to be picked up by Forster Kasky on the other side of the penalty area. Forster Kasky, left foot shot, oh, what a goal! Oh, what a finish! Oh, oh, oh. what a belter from Jake Forster Kasky to absolutely round off a glorious afternoon for the Addicts. Uh, 10 minutes left on this Sunday show uh, me Tom Wallin uh, Terry Smith Nathan Muller and a dysfunctional Twitter at the moment um, <laughs> it does go mad have we had any uh, more well Morgan has uh, come back in again um, about uh, uh, Solly and Konza uh, Solly's sort of half the player he used to be back in 11 and 12 and Konza's uh, head and shoulders above most, most in the league should use him while we can and there is that point I suppose um, that uh, if it's, it's a decision that Carl Robinson, I suppose, has got to make at some point. If if he believes that Conza's 
uh, much better in that uh, right back slot the way we play mm. then he's got to make that decision I suppose I, I personally still I'm a bit with Nathan on and maybe that's because I'm um, uh, um, uh, I think Chris Solly's just immense and, and uh, such a focal part a bit like Johnny Jackson focal mm. part of what this club was about and hopefully still is uh, and will be again that um, I, I, I'd like to keep using Solly for as long you know until basically until his legs drop off mm. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people as well. If they're if they're adamant of you know if cons are playing, that means they're wanting Saar to come in and play with, obviously um, Paddy, um, and then and then cons are play. But then yeah, I just think I don't see how you can have a fit solely on the bench. I just think it would be weird. It'd be very you, strange. Wouldn't it, it would yeah. Just oh yes, a back on right back. It'd just be weird. But <laughs> it, you know, each their own. You know so. Talking to Strange, uh, Seb Lewis has, has tweeted in. Um, <laughs> strange thing, Coventry FA Cup game in 2000 when Coventry fans saying that we were worse than Aston Villa when we were behind. Uh, when we were ahead in the game, we then told Coventry fans that they were worse than Aston Villa. Uh, a bit of banter between them on those two. Um, and Garmy so is Hitch- that the game where we came back from 2-0 down to win 3-2? Uh, in the FA Cup, is that the one? Could well oh, be 2000. Yeah, yeah. Seb, Seb tweeting if that's the case. Um Garmy Head Chef has tweeted in first round of the FA Cup. Who do we want? Because that's yeah, coming up, isn't it? Somebody easy, preferably. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, we're in a position now where we're thinking, although we're trying not to get carried away, we're thinking this could be a season that we do well. I mean, do we want a cup run? We obviously had that that run to was it Fulham? We had uh, the FA Cup in the season we went up, so we've shown we can do both before. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd like a home game, um, but I think. Until you get to the third round, you're not really going to be looking forward to the draw, are you? Really? Mm. And then, but even still, we always seem to get Huddersfield or blooming Blackburn yeah. or something. Anyway, well, don't we? So we can't get Huddersfield this time, can we? Yeah, or in the third they, round. No, nah, then we can get them in the third. I think yeah. I think it's Premiership and Championship of third. So I think it's League One and Two is the first and the second round. Yeah, and then so. all the big boys come in, yeah. and put in third round. So if we get to the third round, we we'll get Huddersfield then. Mill will come in. Not only big boys. Yeah, the bottom half of the, the, or oh, the, the bottom, bottom section of the of, of the championship, I think, slip in as well. Oh, well, for the second round, or the, the first round. I, I can't remember. I thought, I thought it was the first, to be honest. Oh, that means we'll probably get Millwall away then. Who was it? Huddersfield and who was it? We oh, kept getting Blackburn or Norwich or something. We kept, yeah. kept got Huddersfield about three years in a row, didn't we? At one point. Yeah, but I'm with Nathan. I'd, I'd like a, a nice real comfortable, yeah. um, no pressure. Uh, and not one of these um, non-league teams who have, uh, you know, are storming their particular league and mm. uh, want to scalp. Uh, so um, someone like someone like Forest Green Rovers who have got like two points the whole season. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? And then we'll lose three 0 yeah. at home. I'm telling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, remember Northwood yeah. oh, Victoria? Don't wasn't remind it? me. We had uh, was it Scunthorpe we had last year? Yeah, that was we, it. We yeah. won, didn't we? And then lost to MK Dons. MK Dons, that was horrible. Yeah. I've just found uh, I think Reese's tweet on. Uh, Konzo, which I don't think we've read out. Um, he says he was his man of the match yesterday, joint with Fosu. Um, done a great job every time he's been put in. Quality at Fleetwood as well. Almost definitely be sold for big money to a club like Liverpool in if, a, if an offer comes in. Uh, mainly as he's not playing regularly. And when Lennon comes back from injury, I assume he will be soon, the board will say we'll have too many centre-backs. I don't think that, but that's what Robinson will be told. Really hope he stays, though, as he's a great option to have. Yeah, interesting point. I don't know exactly when Lennon's due to come back. I know he's mm. back training and stuff, but... I mean, oh, I think we would all agree that if we had a choice between Lennon and Konza, we would pick Konza, but it's the sort think, of thing um, the board might say, isn't it, I suppose? I think January is going to be huge for this club this mm-hmm. season. And I don't just mean in terms of results and in terms of uh, whether we buy anybody, but a lot of people are saying, you know, uh, have we um, have we turned a corner? Have, are we now sort of at least at last building towards something? Mm. Uh, and then people will say, well, we didn't really sign enough players in the last transfer window, so 
the jury's still out in that respect. And some are saying it's absolutely definitely not out. It's, it's not happening because they, they clearly don't, uh, you know, the, the ownership clearly aren't uh, aren't prepared to, to spend the money and, 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 uh, and do what it takes to get us up. Mm. Uh, January is just going to be so crucial uh, in terms of the whole of the way the club is, I think. You're talking about Cons, uh, Aribo possibly as well, and a few others. If we don't keep any of those players, and if we let them go without sufficient quality coming back in, mm. then it sends all the wrong signals out, doesn't it? And uh, and then we're back to square one. We're back where we were. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, few. Yeah. No. Yeah. Great. Because I think if Ezra, if Ez, if Ez does, it does get sold, that's one defender gone. If Naby ain't playing, he's probably going to want to go somewhere if he's not playing regularly. So that's two centre backs down. Mm. Then you're going to have Josh. Dodo goes back, or our number 21. I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'll just say number 21. <laughs> it's number 21. Um, he'll go back. So, and like Tell it's going to be huge because we need two strikers. And then if Naby and Esri do go, that's another two defenders. Harry Lennon still don't know about his fitness yet. Yeah, he's still out. He still, he still hasn't played a game in God knows how long. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big... It's going to be a big... Um, Transfer window, especially if we're milling around to this position come January, it's going to be a huge. Thing, isn't it? yeah. Whether he really he's finally got, decides he's, got he's going push, to back yeah. him, he's yeah. got a push. I think uh, it's not so much as you know, because as we saw down the motor Lockman, it's just as much as if the player wants to go, as much mm. as you, you can't, mm. you know, you, you see some teams say you're definitely not going, you're going to stay here, and they're not the same player anyway mm. uh, afterwards because they're moping around for a bit. Um, if we have to lose one or two players like uh, Aribo or, uh, or, or Konza because the demand from um, elsewhere is, is sufficient or or um, uh, good enough for them to go then we have to have adequate cover and it's, mm. I'm, I think slightly different to, to you Nathan I think if uh, if Naby Sarr is told well we're going to lose Konza in the, in, in the January window so you'll be I'll a regular stay. starter yeah. he'll stay yeah. um, that's not what I want to see I want to see right we're, we're losing if we have to lose somebody then get adequate cover, get experience covering. Uh, somebody who's used to this league, somebody will get us uh, um, over the line, if you like, mm. in the way that that's how most successful teams or ha- most teams get promoted by doing exactly that. Mm. If you have to lose players uh, because that's the nature of the business, then fine. Then get adequate covering, or if you can get better, obviously, uh, to uh, to able to enable us to keep going. Mm. And that's where it's huge, I think, for me. Yeah, and something we haven't really seen under this regime since they've taken over, I guess. Um, Michael Davison has emailed in on Strange Things. He's seen at a chart game. This is one for you, Tell, because it was in October 1972. Uh, I thought he was going to say 1912 or something. <laughs> I was going to say 1922 to start with. But, uh, he says, Peter Hunt's 82nd minute effort went wider the goal, hitting the side netting, but the referee gave yes. the goal anyway. I don't think any Charlton player claimed the goal until the ref gave it. Jimmy Frizzle, the older manager, went livid in front Absolutely. of the West End. Final score, Charlton 4, Oldham 2. Yes, no, I do remember that. Yes. What a name, Jimmy Frizzle. Jimmy Frizzle, Jimmy Frizzle, yeah. Frizzle I know. What a name. Great name for a manager. So thanks for your email, Michael. Um, right, so we've got, what, five minutes left of the show, so I guess we'll look ahead to Tuesday night, Kassam uh, Stadium. We drew one all there, I think, last year. Yeah, uh, Jack O'Penalty, penalty, wasn't yeah. it? Um, they're one place, I think, well, I checked this last night and wrote this, that they're one place and two points below us. Um, but obviously played a game more. Three wins in a row, including 4-1 against Peterborough and 3-0 against, okay, lowly Wimbledon, but uh, Wimbledon nonetheless. Uh, left it late uh, yesterday, but got another three points away at Bristol. Um, players like James Henry, who we should know pretty well. Jonathan Abika, who we know well from here with his late goals. Alex Mowat, uh got loads of games for Leeds. He's still only 22 and got, I think, got their goal yesterday. 
Um, going to be a tough game, isn't it? Yeah, it could be quite tough. I think Pep's doing a good... Um, he's obviously trying to put his stamp on the way they play football. It's quite in that sort of Spanish way. Because mm. um, he was at Leeds before, wasn't he? But yeah, they're, they're, they're a decent little team. I mean, they came here uh, last season and that McElhaney scored a long range yeah. effort, didn't they? And they were quite... They, they had Lundstrom in the middle as well mm. and Ryan Ledson. So they got they did have good, good little players on the ball. So it's going to be tricky. But like we all know, on our day, we, we're a match for anyone. So... Um, it'd be in, especially with a big game on Saturday as well. It'd be interesting how he put how he plays it, especially mm. with the Solly and the Esri. So I've got a feeling he'll probably save Solly for Saturday. I okay. think Es might come in tomorrow on front, was, on Tuesday. I was going to say to her, it's obviously a, a real measure of the side, I guess, this week. Two very tough away trips. Firstly, away at Oxford, who okay, not the biggest side, but doing very well, and then away to Bradford, who obviously the massive stadium, uh, historically a big club, and also doing very very well. So. By the, this time next week, we're going to know a lot about this side, I think. Uh, I agree, yeah. I mean, the Oxford um, game, they've, uh, I think they beat Bristol Rovers away yeah, um, mm. yesterday, mm. which is no mean feat because the Bristol Rovers are doing quite well this season. Yeah. The, the result against Peterborough was huge because Peterborough mm. have been flying. Um, so I think uh, Oxford um, at their place is going to be a tough one. But strangely, I think um, the way we play, a lot depends on how the likes of Oxford and Bradford players. And if... Uh, if I've you know I've only seen highlights and, and goal snippets, but it sounds like they're teams that come at you. Hmm. And I think I, I think we do better when yeah. teams come at us because there's that space to exploit. If they do their homework and try and uh, uh, thwart us and frustrate us, close us down, close the gaps, so we can't do that sort of play, then uh, then it might be more of a struggle. So I mean, it's one of those. I think we're very unpredictable in that respect. Mm. You know, if if I've said it loads of times, if we play to our potential or are allowed to play to our potential. I don't see maybe apart from Wigan, there's a team that can touch us in this in this division. Yeah, and they, they certainly showed that they could. Um, obviously, two games. What do we do in terms of the side? I would guess I don't know if Marshall's going to be certainly not fit enough to start, but might be on the bench. Reeves obviously had another few minutes under his belt. We've got the likes of Sarang, Konza. I don't know whether Pierce will be back. Um, if we just go with the lineup that we had yesterday, what changes would you want for Tuesday, and would you change anything again then the following Saturday? I think the um, Nathan and I possibly um, slightly disagree with that. He, he thinks Conza's going to come in on Tuesday. It's, it's possible, of course, it is. Um, I'm wondering whether he'll keep Solly for another game and then rest him Saturday. Depends which um, mm. which way he does it. It could be either, of course. Mm. Pierce, there's no way he's coming back for another a month. I think I think he's, he's another mm. good four four weeks away. Um, so I think the only potential change. Is uh, is Solly or Conza? Um, I can't see him dropping Billy Clark um, because of the way he's played uh, for Reeves. Because uh, I think he wants to. We've already seen it. I think he wants to bring Reeves in slowly. Okay. Mm. So I th- yeah, I, th- I, th- I think yeah, exactly the same. I just think it'll be the same, but it'll be Ezel, Chris. I can't see anything else being touched. To be honest with you, um, but I don't. I don't think Souls will play both games. I yeah. don't think he'll do Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So you think maybe Conza to right back? I, and I, yeah, I, I, I've, but I, he might want Souls to start Tuesday and Ez on Saturday. I just can't. Well, I hope Souls can, but I can't see Souls doing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Yeah, it's but, two, um, two huge games yeah, coming up. I think so. But um, I just think I think Friday, Saturday might be more of a more of a difficult game in terms mm. of. I think Bradford are quite direct, aren't they? I mm. think, but not in terms of long balls, but they just run at you. But. Yeah, it's they're two tricky games, so hopefully we'll get a decent result. It's not going to be say, easy. It'll be a, a certain sign of the, the side um, when we come to this show next week. Uh, I just want to finish. We've just had an email in from Matthias Johnson. 
Um, just on the referee, uh, he said good win against Doncaster yesterday. If the referee gives a dive, it's a free kick to the defending team and a yellow card, which is what we said and not what he gave. Uh, he hopes the referee's okay. Carl Robinson's doing well. I hope we can do well and win the playoffs. His next game is on the 9th of December for Portsmouth. So, Matthias, let us know nearer the time. We try and catch up with you, which I think we've done in the past. We do. Mm. Uh, Bob yeah, also we... wanted to know if, uh, if tickets are available on the night in Oxford. And I've had a look around. I've tried to find out and he hasn't, doesn't say anywhere whether okay. it is or it isn't. Uh, Hopefully, if you keep an eye on the jump Twitter feed, I guess they'll mention in the next couple of days. Uh, so we've just got about 30 seconds left, so that's just about it for this evening's show. Um, thank you for all your tweets, all your emails, uh, and obviously for listening. Terry, Nathan, thank you very much thank for you. coming Cheers in. Um, it's been Chart and Live, so join us again on Thursday when Nath, Louis, I assume, will be back, and me uh, will reflect on the Oxford performance, hopefully three points, and we'll look ahead to next weekend's game at Bradford. Thanks for, uh, very much for listening, everyone. See you later. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.